0: Shout out all the sinners. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome, a podcast where I, your host Shane Tolt, talks to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a professional rock and roll band. Um, I hope everyone's doing well this week, this Monday. Uh, I know we're getting to the, uh, you know, hopefully the end of winter, kinda. Like, in Toronto, the weather has been crazy. Like, my last Instagram photo, if you want to check it out, at Told, at I am literally sitting on a patio by the lake drinking sangria outside in a t-shirt. That is just unheard of weather for February. So um, I feel like it's a nice break. You know, sometimes I get a little bit down in the wintertime. I know it happens to a lot of people. You know, the February darkness. Um, it, it really does uh, do things to me. So I feel like this little break with the warm weather is really, really welcome. So I'm stoked. I'm enjoying it. Um, Hey, we got a great episode today, by the way. I talked to my old friend Justin Pierre of Motion City Soundtrack. Justin Courtney Pierre, as he is going to go by. You're going to hear all about that. It's a very long interview. Um, I decided to leave it completely unedited just because we jump around a lot. and, And I feel like in the end... You kind of get it all. You t- you take it all in, and there's a lot of interesting tidbits. It does jump around a lot, but I really enjoyed talking to Justin for um, for well over an hour. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. He is just such an interesting guy uh, and such a great singer, whether he thinks he is or not. Uh, I gotta say, man, um, I had my birthday, you know, a couple weeks ago, and I put out, you know, this this Amazon wish list thing, which I felt a little bit weird about doing. Um, but I know some people wanted to buy me things And man, you guys and some other fans I don't know if they all listened to the show Were so generous with the gifts And I want to take a second to thank everybody Who went on there and actually paid money to send me you know, Some cool stuff, some, some ridiculous stuff But some people really spent a lot of money um, And now I haven't got all the things yet And I, they don't all say who they're from So, if you sent me something and I don't say your name here, uh, I'm really sorry that it didn't say on the card or or anywhere on the packaging uh, who it was from. Believe me, I checked. But big shout out to Tierney Edwards, Brendan Potter, Tommy Talley, what up, Chicago? Nick Louis, Luis? Nick Louis? Nick Louis, probably. Tara Thompson, Shannon Caswell, Caitlin Biggers, Christina Fickett, Erica Garza, Ev, just Ev, I'm not sure your last name. Kimberly Seaton and Lauren, also a one name person. So I tried to reach out to you guys individually, but I can't get a hold of everybody. But man, that was so cool and so nice of you guys. And yeah, I guess I do have an Amazon wish list. If anyone wants to buy me a belated birthday present, I, that's cool. It's LeadSinger wishlist slash wish list, I believe. As always, feel free to get in touch with me if you have suggestions for upcoming guests for the show. You know, anything you just want to run by me, throw me some love, throw me some hate. We got the hate line. It's one 657 666 Feel free to call in. I will be running clips at some point. Uh, but then if you want to get in touch with me uh, by email, it's leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com or on Instagram at syndrome and Twitter at leadsingersyn, S-Y-N. And as always, I would love to hear from you on there. Also, if one episode a week is not enough for you, we do have the All Access Club And it's really, really going well. We have, I think, over 160 uh, members right now. It's really popping off in the Facebook um, group we have going, where you can interact with other members of the show and myself. I'm doing some Q&As. We're doing extra podcast episodes with non-lead singers. Um, Really, it's just a good time and a really good vibe. So shout out to all my sinners in the All Access Club. Um, It costs as little as $6 a month to be a subscriber. So check it out. And that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. It's a long one. Let's jump in. Here's my talk with my good buddy, Justin Pierre of Motion City
1: Soundtrack. Hello. Hey, buddy. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you doing? Can you hear me okay?
0: I, yeah, you sound like you're in the same room as me. Oh, wow. Like
2: we Is can that cuz we're in the
0: same room as each other? We can touch each other. No. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, it's been a while since I talked to you. It's nice. Really nice. Yes. This is a nice thing. Yes, thanks for. Very uh, nice. How is your uh, Friday afternoon going?
2: Uh, pretty good. I think I don't know. I'm 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 in a constant state of uh Uh, putting too many things on a list of things to do and then not getting through any of them. Mm. And I I, I, I kept thinking, like, once I had more time to do things and I wasn't always on tour, that that would change, but it it hasn't.
0: Yeah, so, like, yeah, you're basically... I'm talking to you from your, like, vacation retirement home or wherever, right? Like, that's what... (laughs) I just picture you... I know you're in Minnesota and it's probably cold as fuck, but, like... I picture you, like, sort of, I don't know, by a pool maybe, you know, mm-hmm. sipping on a non-alcoholic cocktail, you know, I don't know, I, I picture you doing this right now, but basically, I'm wrong, and you were just still kind of busy doing things, grinding it out, running out of time for things, what, like, what is up, yeah, what, what are all these things you're trying to do?
2: Um... uh <laughs> it 's not super exciting it 's like okay, I got to put away the kids' toys i got mm-hmm. to uh, i got every Friday I try to do a thing where I just clean the entire house like just the the uh like the floors and the you know
1: right. a very
2: simple cleaner, but I just try to do that and it's just i'm kind of a little o c d so it, it it takes me a lot longer like my wife can do the entire house in an hour and it takes me like a full day to just do the the like you know the main rooms. Uh, and so, so yeah, so it's, I I think, let's see, this, I I, I don't even, I'm kind of all over the place as a human being. (laughs) Um, and so I have the, the, like it whenever I talk to people like one-on-one on the spot, you know, and you have to say things and then react to people and listen to them and communicate. Yeah. It's like really hard for me to do uh, <clears throat> because I, I, I think I like to prefer to think about things, write it down work on it and then come back to the conversation. And, and I'd be much more eloquent and have, uh, I, I don't know, just like wow people or have decent things to say. But so I'm starting from that point right right and uh my i guess basically today was a good day because i i, I demoed an entire song from like 9 a.m to like noon so it took me only okay. like three hours but i've been you know i'm working on stuff i've got a, a bunch of songs and things and stuff like that uh currently i'm working on working on i guess for lack of a better word a solo record oh cool. okay um, cool but uh, so I've just sort of narrowed down, you know, just over the years, just tons of ideas, nuggets, little things, and then I narrowed it down to about 14 songs, and then I've been demoing them, and I I found that like I have sorry I'm going to bounce around a lot because I love the bouncing. I'm a, okay. I'm a I'm a I'm okay. a fan of the bounce. You're a bouncer. <laughs> I, I like uh, the bounce. Yes, I, yeah, I myself okay. tend to bounce, and okay. uh, I
0: respect a good bounce.
2: Okay, good. Uh, but yeah, so like I I um. I yeah, I narrowed it down to about 14. songs And I've been working on this off and on for like, you know, a couple of years. Yeah, and by that, I just mean, just whenever I'm not being lazy. And, you know, after the last MCS show. Yeah, in September, I pretty much took off three months. I Ate a lot of pizza and ice cream um, <laughs> I gained a lot of weight and I grew a stupid beard and I got but I got to hang out with my kid and my yeah. wife and it was super fun and so come January I've been buckling down and, and like on a get in shape you stupid yeah. idiot yeah. and um, write some songs and so so yeah so January and February I've been kicking ass and um, yeah so I have 14 songs so we're gonna narrow down to 12 and I think we're gonna record 12 and hopefully put 10 on a record uh, Josh Kane is actually gonna produce it, oh wow, so, cool, yeah because he's cool. been he's been like that's his future thing he's been working on, and so we're kind of teaming up, uh but in a different respect, so yeah, I'm
0: gonna, absolutely. I'm gonna and, play all
2: the instruments and except for drums, and then yeah, and he's gonna produce this so and and, and and you're
0: gonna try it like so basically now this is you know my I guess a question I have to ask is you know post mcs, this is what you're doing now. this is what you hope to do is you're gonna continue. I, Doing Like, do you want to be the same guy you've been going on tour, doing this professional oh, musician-lead no. singer I've, thing? I've, or I've what never is this? Wanted,
2: I've never wanted to be that guy. <laughs> I hate that guy. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't mind doing this stuff. I just hate that guy. No. Uh, but I I don't know. My wife asked me kind of a similar question right. because I, I was sort of – like, the, the plan and the idea was, like, I'm not going to tour. And I'm like, well – I thought I'd make music, but not tour, but like most of us, I don't know if you're in the same boat, but I think the only time you actually can make any money is by touring. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, So to spend a bunch of money on a record and then not tour, and I'm not actually
1: like,
2: I'm not planning to release it through a label or I was just basically going to do everything myself just to see what happened. Yeah. Um, But I don't, Yeah. So I was thinking about like, oh, yeah, I guess I have to do something. Um, And then so yeah, I I don't know, I I can't, I'm not really, I'm not a manager type, you know, so I I, I don't really know how to do all that. So plan is like, I just want to make music. So I'm going to record something, and it's going to be in March. And then I'll the next step i'll figure out once that's done and i think that's this that's this that's the only way like i can really work because if i get too caught up on like all of the details in the future because there's no like rules like i don't have to put something out at no. any particular time so i can make a record and then sit on it um that's so, yeah, true so i think for right now i'm just i'm trying to be creative and that's just one of the projects i've got a couple other bands and things going and uh, things not music related going and I, i'm just sort of I've dedicated this year to art and the making of it and just seeing if, if anything sticks, if anybody digs anything that I'm doing. Sure. Well, hey, I I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I I mean,
0: I think, I mean, you bring up money. I mean, it's a very, very important part. You have a family, you have kids, Um, you know, all of a sudden your band is no more. You know, you said you did your last show in September Mm -hmm. and I really want to talk all about that too. But, you know now, like, what are you doing for money? Like, what are you doing for work? Because all of I'm a sudden, not. <laughs> the stream right there's all this stream yeah. of income that you have. You know, for better part of a decade, you're making yeah. money the same way. Now you're just at home cleaning your floors. So you know, uh-huh. what's what's your plan? <laughs> I don't have a
2: plan. I've never had a plan. And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's weird to be you know, a, a, in my 40s and like have no. No plan. I mean, better than in my fifties, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to, uh, my parents uh, own and run an embroidery company in Stillwater and I've worked for them since I was 14 years old. So oh, yeah. I kind you know, I, I was the only one in the band that always like had a job that had extra income.
0: Oh wow. Um,
2: so I have the, it's not a lot, but you know, worst case, like like I sort of thought about this. Like, I want to make art. I want to make music. Um, and so, worst case scenario is still a great case scenario. Worst case scenario, I'm a stay-at-home dad, and I do you know work for my parents and some other stuff. And I make music every right. you know few years, and I put it out. That's still a win for me. You know? Absolutely, and then, that sounds like next, living
0: the dream, man.
2: Yeah, and the next best scenario is the art can like self. Fund itself that would be a great thing you know to just mm-hmm. <clears throat> have the art pay for itself, and then the uh re- <laughs> returning to the dream would be to be able to actually make money you know just a living you right know, pay for the groceries and the the house um Absolutely. you know making making music so Absolutely. so that's, that's' just kind of bracketed into three categories and
0: i'm I'm trying to aim high
2: and uh, i'll settle for whatever I can get
0: now how How are you doing now after this you know I, I, first of all, actually let me ask you. How that show that final show felt to to have been doing the band for so long, um it being basically your entire adult life, all <laughs> of a sudden you know the next day it's over that's it that's the last time probably not the last time we'll ever sing those songs. I'm being a little dramatic, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Those are the last times you're going to play with those guys on that stage, in that capacity, with those people and, and how was that realization uh I think I'm. I I kept
2: trying to. Okay, somebody gave me a bit of advice when I was getting married, and they said, "Hey, take a minute to just kind of look around and take it all in, uh, because it's the night's going to go by super quick. Yeah, and you're not going to have any real real recollection of it. So right. I tried to do that, and and so I I've used that. I think you know i don't know how many people know but i used to do a lot of drugs and drink a lot of things um when i was younger and and so i i, I really don't have a a very good recollection of you know the first f- 10 years of motion city soundtrack like oh i thank god really you know, so yeah i mean like i do but i don't and then yeah. like so like i think i the first time i tried to get sober was somewhere in 2004 and then i kind of went in and out of things and then uh in 2007 Again, like, really tried, and then, like, from 2007 on, it was pretty good, a few bumps in the road, but 2010 was my last drink, and I... Well, good for you. Well, thank you. I I, And so, but, like, between 2007 and, like, 2013, I still, like, didn't know how to, like, talk to people and be a human, so it it just, I, I was, like, I mean, I still don't know that I do that very well, but... I think I'm no longer a total piece of shit. I think that, you know, and not like I was, but I just, I just, I was like, I I think
1: th-
2: the feedback I always got from people, I think I'm getting way off. I'll get back to it. I'll come back to the, it's okay. Yes, the
0: bounce. But, I like the bounce.
2: Yeah. But I think the feedback I would get from Josh is, I was like, everybody thinks you're an asshole. And I was like, what? And I'm like, I, I just don't know what to say. So I just avoid people because I, I just don't, I don't think that, you know, and that was just, you know, I, that's kind of like how I would react to things. And then I got like all nervous. I'm like, uh, and then I would like try to talk to people and then it would just seem to go, I just don't know what to say. And and yeah. So, uh, so it, somehow this is connected with like, I feel like even though for the last few years, I had really tried to be in the moment and sort of enjoy what was happening. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I've always been preoccupied with uh, not losing my voice, singing um, – I, like I can't – I'm not – I can sing things on the record because you get so many takes to do things, and you can yeah. kind of just scream if you want to or yeah. not. Uh, but, but live, I can't do that at all ever, so I'm singing a lot in my head, head voice. Uh, I'm just kind of faking things, and and so if I lose my voice, it's like I got I'm singing a song, and I go for the first course. I'm like, oop, I can't hit that. Okay, I got to try something else. Next course. So I'm constantly like thinking in my head as I'm playing, which is the opposite of what I hear most people do.
0: They just kind of feel and like yeah. enjoy. <laughs> and uh, no, I, I'm kind of with you though. I, I, okay. that's that's an so interesting you, thing to bring up. And the, the whole thing about being a singer on tour. Um, your job is to sing the songs and you're mm-hmm. the most important person in the band. Let's not kid ourselves. And most people coming out to the show are gonna be listening to you sing. Mm-hmm. Sure, the guitars are gonna do what the guitars are gonna do. Sorry, I don't know why the phones are ringing. Guitars are gonna do what the guitars are gonna do, drums are gonna sound how they're gonna sound, but and that's fine and people will notice if there's a mistake maybe, but people are mm-hmm. gonna be really really listening to your voice so being preoccupied with that and having oh my god what if i can't hit this note what if the highest note i can sing i always do it i'll be warming up and i'll have like a one of the dudes play a note on the guitar i'll be like can i get to there like play a a, a sharp or something i'll be like can i hit that note like ah, you know like and i'll try and i'll be like oh shit today's gonna be a rough one yeah. and i'm absolutely the same as you in that respect um and here's the thing it affects your personality <laughs> it does. The days that you that you can't sing, yeah, people probably think you're an asshole because you're not in a good mood. Because yeah. it really does take over.
2: Yeah, I, I tend to try to hide. Like I'm most – I mean I I, I don't even – it's so weird. I feel like I, – I think I just thought this thing was always going to be there even though I, I kind of like – I don't know if I – it's not like I could take it or leave it, but – I I enjoyed what I did and I just sort of thought it was this thing that was going to exist and then suddenly it was like there was talk about it not existing yeah. and I was like oh okay and I'm like well that's 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 good that's it's 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 about time better to do better to just end on a you know on decent terms and everything's you know good for the most part yeah, and then sure. we go do something else and I still don't know like I feel like part of me misses it part of me doesn't but i i don't think i miss it as much as i probably should but it's also been really soon and i feel like give me a year or two i think i'll 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 actually really miss it yeah um but i do see josh a lot and you know i mean like i see him all the time because we live in the same city um but we never like other than that like we never really none of us ever really talked to each other you know like i mean i think there was sort of groups and bands of people uh, like on tour. Yes, but once tour was over, we never really saw each other. Yeah um, So it was a weird thing and like, you know, like when we started we had two guys from another state and so yeah It was just a weird outfit. I, I feel like I still haven't gotten back to the what was it like? Playing in that last show. I think it was a whirlwind. I don't performance wise I was I was excited because my voice held like 95%. So yeah. I felt like it was a win. It was a good one to go out on. I had a good time. I didn't play well, but it was fun. <laughs> and we like pulled out, you know, cause we hadn't played like, I think we, we played like 30 some songs. It was ridiculous. Maybe 40 songs, but, uh, which we never do. Yeah. And, 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 uh, about 12 of them, we hadn't played in years. And so there, there was some pretty terrible Terribly played songs, but right, but it was fun, and you know, we came. I think we came out four or five times. It was like it was ridiculous, but we kind of you know planned it all, and uh because we had, you know, we had Tony there, yeah. and then yeah. and then I think we went away, and we came back out, and Claudio came out and played a couple new songs from the the album that he's on, and then we came back out, and then we did older songs, and then like I don't know. So it was it was it was really fun. It was a really fun show. Yeah, I think that's the word. I know it's not an exciting word, but fun is. No, fun is fun. I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I just want your
0: honest uh, opinion on it. And I mean, Uh everybody's different. I talked to I've talked to a few people that are, you know, like you're going through like the retirement Mm -hmm. thing. And I love to ask them how it felt. And I remember talking to uh, Stephen Christian from Berlin about their (laughs) final show. And he pretty much couldn't wait for it to be over. He was pretty (laughs) much like I wouldn't even like I didn't even want to do the last show. Do you know what I mean? Wow. And then but at the same time, of course, like this is something you've you know, this is your life's work and your life's work is coming Mm -hmm. to an end. So, I mean, I mean, just emotionally, like were you like you're talking so scientifically about it. You're like, oh, we Mm -hmm. played okay, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I wasn't (laughs) great, but I sang good. That's you.
2: I, I don't really. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I'm not a feel like it's right. weird because I have feelings. This is weird because this is this isn't supposed to be therapy, but but it it feels like it because it's been it's been coming up a lot lately. Yeah. It's like I can write these songs. Like I know that I have feelings because they're in the things that I write, but I don't. It, it it's like I I sort of observe life or I partake in it, and then I go away for a while. And then I figure some things out. I do some equations. I work it all out, and then I come back with like my thoughts, like my uh, thesis on it. And and those are the feelings. So I know that there are feelings in me. I just don't. I'm not like an instant yeah. feeling person. Like I don't. It's weird too because like I do base a lot of what I do on my gut feeling. So it's it's weird. Like I don't. I don't. I feel like, like my wife says I live in a black and white world uh and mm-hmm. uh but it's it's weird because i i, I both like in terms of trying to understand things i wish things were black and white uh but a lot of right. times they aren't no and but in terms of my f- like how i feel about th- like, ah god this is this is where i wish i could kind of go away and write something down and then
0: come yeah. back to you and tell you but you know you know g- sorry I- i'll, I'll- <clears throat> I-, I really wonder like about you and, you know, you talk right out with, about your addiction, about your struggle with drugs Mm -hmm. and alcohol. And it's almost, that's almost like, doesn't seem like your personality type to be a person Mm -hmm. that wants to just like go get fucked and fucked up and has this like, you know, because you're, you're Mm -hmm. more of a introverted person. You're more Mm -hmm. of a, a person that, you know, like you say, I want to think about it and come back to it. Mm -hmm. You're not really like, you don't really seem like an instant gratification kind of guy like most addicts uh well <laughs> and I, I, I don't know that's yeah. just it's just kind of a, a a strange like uh duality there you know
2: yeah i i would agree with that i think uh, and i you know a lot of people have their feelings about it whether they you know believe it's a disease it's not a disease uh what you know i know science that tells us one thing um or like uh let's see there's the aa model people use to you know deal with it. And then, yeah, I, I don't, I, I have no real, I don't know how I'm sober. I just am. Uh, and, and I think I pick and choose like I use things from, you know, AA and from other things. And I think it's, it's just more of a, for me, uh, as I look back on it, I think, I think the reason I drank was that it made me feel not like myself yeah and may, and and at that time i didn't like myself or i thought i didn't like myself but then and it took a long time but once you take all of that shit away and you find out who you are for me anyway i'm like oh yeah you know what i'm not so terrible i'm not like a big dumb piece of shit you know or yeah. whatever it is like i'm i actually like this guy and then so now it's it's more of a like if i were to do something again you know like go out and get fucked up um I could be throwing all of this away, you know, yeah. very quickly. At least that's that's what yeah. I've been told might happen. So, um, it's just a matter of I think managing, like, and and it's weird because it's like since I've I, and I don't know, so it's so weird because like people in AA would say like, well, maybe you weren't an addict to begin with, or like 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 there's this weird like two two st- what's the word uh, where it's like. Um, it doesn't seem to be a struggle for me to be sober. Yeah. Whereas I hear like a lot of people it is. And right. and so, you know. That I, makes sense to me what, though. That makes sense whether, to me based
0: on your personality though. Yeah. I mean it does because you're an intelligent I, guy and you're a person that likes to, to to take time to think about things. So if you take time to think about things, then it makes sense. Well, th- this isn't right for me. These are the reasons. These are the, the scientific reasons because that's how you I, are. That's how your brain seems to operate.
2: But according to, to – uh, you know, you know the AA yeah. method. Like, e- even if you know something intellectually, of that's course. not going to stop you from drinking. Exactly. So, right. So, so you know, my I'm just like I, I don't. Do I need drugs and alcohol to function? No. And so I just, you know, so it's not like I'm missing out on New Year's or something. You know, I just don't <laughs> care. Like, it's yeah. not. It's not a thing. Right. So. I guess the you know I haven't truly been tested. Like if something horrific happens in my life, am I going to want to say fuck it? You know I don't yeah. know. And yeah. so like I guess that would be, you know I should, I should probably have something in place, some sort of support like thing I can go to, um, in the event of of something like that.
0: But I don't know how we got on that topic. Uh ah, I mean it's we've been bouncing. It's cool though. It's okay. cool though. I mean I know like I you know I've known you a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say I know the other guys in your band probably better than than you. I mean, mm-hmm. I spent because a lot I, of time I was quiet
2: and I right. and never talked to anybody, and, and I was an asshole.
0: You uh, were not an asshole, but no. definitely I was. You know, I like I used to hang out with Jesse and Josh like every day. We'd yeah. play cards and stuff. You know, on warp tour outside your bus, and and I'd see you around. You know, and, and you know, I always kind of wondered. I knew you had a problem with with drugs and alcohol, and and I kind of wondered if that was more. Why you were sort of keeping to yourself, um, to stay away from it, or if it was just your personality? And I, I didn't really know. But I never, you never rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, I remember okay. back in the day when we had the um, the little fake uh, Motion City soundtrack Silverstein beef. That was my. That
2: was the story <laughs> I was gonna uh, talk about. That was, yeah. That was that was the that was my favorite of like the things because like you know whenever somebody's like, "What's the craziest thing you've ever done?" I don't really do crazy th- like we're just yeah our, our band is just like a bunch of losers um in the <laughs> nicest possible way you know but like I'd say like, like you're a and, bunch and of not, geeks
0: kind of yeah. yeah not like, losers not like, but you know not nerds. like
2: losers you know or nerds we're just like not even like not even nerds like we're just plain you know it's kind of like it's almost worse we're just kind of boring <laughs> but uh uh i think that was one of my favorite things cuz it was so like it, what it reminded me of was um, almost like performance, like performance art or sure, like something absolutely. like history show like
1: right, it was just yeah. so
2: stupid, and that's why it was awesome. Uh, and yeah, and I don't I feel like something I don't, I don't even
0: okay. So maybe you can fill me in because I think do you remember what year that was? I want to say like two thousand and nine. Maybe two, okay. no no I, no I think it was 2006. It have been earlier. It was 2006.
1: Yeah. So it I might
2: I think I was sober but I was not like fully sober but I definitely wasn't I, oh god. I don't think I was I wasn't like drinking but I may have been like not while I wasn't on tour I might have been getting fucked up every uh-huh. once in a while but <laughs> um but I I believe that I I don't remember how it started but I do remember that like right before then I had seen that movie everything is illuminated with uh Eugene Hoots uh, oh, okay. from Gogol bordello uh, oh yeah okay and, and so I and, and then okay so that's part one and then part two is that Beth and I were in new New Orleans and we went because we were trying to find Harry uh, T Anderson who used to be on night court because uh, he used to have a, a magic shop in New Orleans okay. but then after Random. But then after yeah, but then after Katrina every, you know everybody moved out of there. Yeah. Like, he, he was one of them. So we couldn't find like it was closed basically when we got there. We'd waited too long. Um and then, and then so we went to a wig store that was like nearby because Beth liked to buy wigs and um uh, and Beth, Beth Rabel Rabel's our merch yeah. person for, yep. for many years. Um and uh, uh just for anyone listening. Uh but 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 she and she's just awesome and radical. And so while we were there we found these like horrible like emo haircut wigs and <laughs> i ended up like buying i spent way too much money but so i bought these wigs and then i basically was going around warp tour like shelly would have like bands could you know dish out food and stuff and like nobody wanted to do that i don't think but if you did then you could cut right. the line yeah shelly was the
0: shelly's the catering uh runs the yeah. catering for Warp yeah yeah and yeah I you can was... serve and and then you get to cut the line for like a week or something yeah
2: but then I, I don't know why, what possessed me because I just – I didn't care. Like it was fun. I just liked being goofy and stupid. So I, I basically would serve food like I, – I did it for almost like a couple weeks straight, like just
0: Yeah, I remember
2: stupid. that. Yeah. But but it was just so that I could dress up as this like Eugene Hoots character and speak in that accent. And like I had gold <laughs> chains and like a tight white shirt on and uh, and this stupid wig. And it was and it was like this character that I just started doing, and then, so I feel like somehow that character had beef. Like I feel like I can't I can't remember if if we had done it like during our shows too. I think we did, but then I, yeah. I, I do remember that I went on stage at one of your shows yeah. or dur- during your set as that character. Yeah, you did. You did. Time. Yeah, you came uh, on
0: the stage, but no one knew <laughs> no one knew who you were. And you said, I don't know what, I think I gave you the mic and you just said a bunch of like things, shit talking, motion <laughs> city soundtrack. And you were wearing, oh, a, yeah. and you were wearing a motion shitty soundtrack shirt. Like we'd put tape <laughs> over the city. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And no one knew it was you, which was, which was amazing. Yeah. And, but, but it <laughs> all stemmed from, from the no effects under oath beef. Mm. That That's kind of wh- why, what, what I looking. remember yeah. why we sort of decided it would be funny to to so to we kind of do it. We were kind of yeah, making fun of their beef, which was real yeah. beef. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. But well, <laughs> I mean, their kinda. beef was
2: like that was super fucked up though, because like I think basically Fat Mike got uh, their singer, like I think their singer was sober or something, and he got this or, or something, and then there's he, he got him to do drugs.
0: Yeah, yeah. He know. was he was like, well, he, he yeah. I guess he Spencer used to have like a problem with drugs or whatever, and them mm-hmm. being you know Underoath being this. I'm sure you know those guys like uh mm. Christian you know, Christian band and stuff. Uh you know, and that was like important to them at the time, you know, that they were this, you know, whatever, role models mm-hmm. or I don't know, whatever the fuck. And um yeah, and that's what happened. I I mean, from what I know, is you know, yeah, they were do he's doing drugs with with no effects and exactly, got him to do drugs and you know, they left the tour. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's crazy. That's so crazy. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, fat Mike. Eh.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Well, how, I don't know how I think about him.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I had him on the show. I had a great talk with him, and I think yeah. you know he's had some issues, man, like with drugs and um, mm-hmm. and everything else, and going through divorce. And uh, you know, I think I think he's he's kind of got things together a little bit now. I think he, mm-hmm. he he's figuring it out a little bit. You know, he was sober for a little while and and everything, but you know, he is. Well, I mean, he's one of the biggest personalities there is, you know? Yeah,
2: I just, I, I feel like I have no problems with him. I just don't
0: really care Yeah, for him. <laughs>
2: That's fair. Know. Is that like, a, like, I don't, like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, well, whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. sure, no. Um, so uh, we've been talking so long about all this random stuff bouncing mm-hmm. around, but I do want to want to talk to you just about, like, your life. I mean, obviously now you've gone through this career, this amazing career with Motion City Soundtrack for what? Almost 20 years you guys are a band? I
2: think I think we started in 97. Yeah, yeah,
0: 20 years. Um so how did you get involved with music? How did you decide at what age I want to be a musician? Um was it a family thing? I, I talk talk to me about the really the I early think, days of Justin Pierre. <laughs> the early days.
2: It might have been in excess when I heard that sax <laughs> solo in uh uh Never Terrace Apart. Uh, it's very brief, but it's okay. So weird. Uh, okay, sure. No, um, I don't. I don't know. No, but I, I did play saxophone when I was in grade school, and then uh, somewhere I think around when I turned twelve, um, I had this horrible. Uh, we we were kind of ahead of morphine, but we, but we had this metal band. My friend and I, he played guitar and I played saxophone, and uh, and, sure. and we were really into Metallica, and okay. uh, and, then, and then like I got a guitar and then I started playing. So, like, I think around 12 is when I started playing guitar, and then I just, you know, I used to actually be able to shred and do cool stuff, and, and, then, and then when I started playing in bands, and I just immediately forgot how to play guitar, but uh, I think somewhere in high school, that's, I think, where I, you know, I, I was in bands uh, all through high school, and then my I, I I was just a guitar player and then we our singer left to go to the arts high school and I was a senior I think and so I just decided I'm going to sing and we changed senior, our name and You say a senior in high sports. school. I think so. I think wow, it was a that's quite quite a late start. Se- well, I mean I've been playing guitar. I just had yeah. never been singing, but I yeah. just said like fuck it, I'm sick of like cuz it was basically the same band throughout high school, but every time we got a new bass player we changed our name. And
1: so, <laughs> so, I don't
2: know, and then we changed the songs that we did and stuff. Sure. It was really weird. Uh, so then when our, our singer left, I was like, fuck, this is the fourth change in four years. Like, fuck it, I'm just going to sing and we're going to start over and it's going to be a different thing. And, and I sort of like, it was basically like really shitty Smashing Pumpkins songs. It's kind yeah. of what it sounded like. Uh, but the band's called Slide Coaster. I think people... Some somebody's uploaded them
0: onto the internet. Oh, so, so this exists, slide coaster. Yeah, yes.
2: Yeah, it's horrible, and you can hear it in all of its shitty, shittiness. Um, Perfect. But it 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 did well enough where, like, I feel like we I think we've played like a sold out show at um, at uh, a Seventh Street Entry in Minneapolis, which you mm-hmm. know for a high school band, yeah, that's not bad but i was so like i smoked cigarettes and like i just i couldn't sit like we 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 did an all-age show and then like a uh 21 and up show um in in one night and then I, i'd lost my voice so I, I didn't even sing the second show and i think that was our last show
0: you didn't sing
2: um, no i just couldn't so i didn't so, so you just, just played just songs instrumental singing, and, yeah <laughs> that's it was, yeah. like pretty horrible yeah. um but that's kind of how it started and then i i was always into like filmmaking and so I decided I was done playing music at 18, and uh, and and then I, st- I went to to the uh, the Minneapolis Community Technical College here in in sunny Minneapolis, Minnesota. And while I was going to school, I was also working at Video Update, which was a a store where you could go into and rent uh, VHS tapes and watch movies on them Sure. On yeah. VHS players. Right. And uh, Josh Kane came in one day. Oh, I forgot to mention that. I met Josh when I was like, I think, in 93, 92, 93. Mm -hmm. And our bands used to play like we'd play in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and um, Duluth in Minnesota, the Trifecta. There you go. And so he knew of us, he knew of me, and apparently he had had some success with a band that got onto the Emo Diaries, Volume oh, 3 or something.
0: yeah, Emo Diaries. That was Deep Elm, right, Records?
2: Yeah. yeah, and his band at the time was called Saddest Girl Story, and they, at, I believe at, I forget how this works, but it's kind of a fun story to tell because the singer of that band w- ended up being the drummer of Minus the Bear, Aaron Tate. and oh, okay. And the guitarist was his brother, Noel Tate, and um those two quit at the same time so they needed a singer slash guitar player to fill in and so he called me because he knew i could sing and he okay. won- and because he i like the way he looked at it was like oh if you actually like you can actually be a band that does something because he i think they were going to open for the promise ring or something and it fell through <laughs> like they got there yeah. late and 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 so he was oh, like man. oh shit this is like a real thing you can do yeah. so so then he's like, I'm gonna find a singer that can sing. And he remembered me. And um, but unfortunately he didn't know of any of my drug field past. So uh so I kind of started out filling in for one thing, and then that band kind of split off into a band called Amp 176, and then Josh and I, our our half started Motion City soundtrack. Yeah. And um and then that's 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 kind of how it got started. So in '97, and we 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 went through a slew of drummers and uh bass players and then uh you know we went on like a couple tours i think the main tour was in 2000 the big the first tour where we right. went all over the u.s and then that's where we met matt and tony and oh, okay. uh, yep. and they were in a band called submerge cool. which i you can also find on the internet there it's pretty badass submerge. It's super cool yeah Uh,
0: well, but yeah, and then that's that's kind of how it all starts. Tony, I mean, what a drummer!
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, no, that's that's cool. So I mean, you you bring up that you didn't start as a singer, which you know, this being the lead singer syndrome podcast, it's (laughs) amazing how many people that are singers uh didn't want to be or or didn't start out with that goal in mind. You know, even me, I just wanted to be a guitar player. Um, and now, you know, now I, like, I don't even play guitar and like, I don't even play guitar in Silverstein. So mm-hmm. it's really, really interesting. Um, do you feel like because of that, that's part of why, y- you know, you're a little, like, I don't want to say you're not confident about your singing, but I mean, you mean, you did say earlier in the interview that you were worried, you know, you get worried about losing your voice and all that stuff. Do you think that I stems think... from just not really being a singer?
2: No, I think it stems from not having a, uh, like I'm not like I have, Okay people always give me shit when I say this but I'm not a very good singer yes you are though yeah uh, you are a good singer but, well i I can I can I've learned how to be consistently like consistently have my voice over a long tour mm-hmm. and I've learned how like I can sing on recorded songs um but I had to, like it's a different thing so like you go into the studio yeah, and, and 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 you know exactly how you want the song to sound. I can maybe only do two takes where i 'm screaming, and then my voice is shot for a week so like i can't wow. I cannot scream like i cannot I cannot do that I can sing pretty um, but if i don't have like if i've been yelling or if I like go out and talk a lot i can I lose a big chunk of my voice so I can't go into the falsetto or like the head right. voice so it's like I, there's like a lot of i mean this is all kind of tied together, but a lot of being on tour for me is having to be quiet. And when I'm around people, I talk a lot because I get nervous and I don't know how to talk. And so then I'm just you know, uh, <laughs> sure. so, so a lot of, I think it's all connected. Like, you know, me being an asshole is really, uh, me spending most of my day in my bunk, you know, uh, <laughs> reading or watching TV yeah. and not talking. Cause that's the only way I'm not going to talk and rest, you know, like a lot of sleep, a lot of water, uh and i don't drink anything uh, it 's I basically drink I get my one coffee in the morning and then it 's water all day i don't have dairy
0: and I', do. oh, I just, it, it's basically do do just no fun the dairy thing I always wonder about that because I find like I was vegan for a while mm-hmm. uh for like three years and- vegetar- you know then switched back to just being vegetarian i 've never found that dairy made a fucking difference, and i 've heard it I about don't... it from people, but i just i don't know I never found any difference. I
2: don't think it's about uh, I think it's a, a a and this might get into weird territory but I think it might be like a blood type thing or like Oh a, really? It might be more of a like a how your body digests um uh lac- lactose yeah or whatever so yeah. if you have issues with dairy in like whatever the spectrum is of issues like some people have no issues with it so i don't think it's going to affect their voice right um but people who are like if they have it and they like it fucks up their bowels and everything it's going to fuck everything else up that's just this is not science speaking this is just my
0: no, sort of i, I guessing. think it's a good and, theory yeah
2: and i'm not like like i can eat ice cream and stuff but Whenever I do, it's like I instantly I feel like I got something in my throat. And I'm like, <clears> throat> I'm just doing that all the time. Like it's just really weird. Oh, okay. So yeah. crazy. So it whether it does or doesn't affect me, it, it 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 affects me. Um, so yeah. But I forgot what the original question was.
0: So did uh, I. Anyway. <laughs> so did I. Just the bouncing. That's that's great. Um, yeah. well, it's crazy. I mean, you guys had. I mean, how did you guys get hooked up with Epitaph too? I mean, Epitaph. At the time you guys signed, they were sort of like a more of a punk rock label. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you guys, your band was a bit different for them. How did that, how did that all happen? You know, like obviously we come from an era where you know bands don't get signed the same way that they used to. You know, back in like whenever you guys got signed in the early two thousands. Um, so, I, so tell me about that. Like, like I know Brett Gerwitz probably was pretty hands on with you guys. How, how that all
1: happened?
2: Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember. Um... Exactly how it went. I feel like there was a couple of things that happened. There was. Do you remember uh, Kevin Knight? No. You know that name at all? He was a guy who had a a small label called Glue Factory Records, and I think he put out a live was it a live braid album? Fuck, oh, okay. I can't remember. No, I... He put out like a few cool things, but he also had this thing called the Scout dot net, which was basically unsigned bands. He oh, okay. would hmm. he would put their music up on his website and it became this place that, that industry people would flock to and just go oh what's the new thing this week do we like it let's get a hold of these people interesting and cool. he he did that for us and it became huge it was huge for us uh it was a uh, that and then um um fuck i'm trying to remember uh Aaron Stern Aaron Stern from yeah. uh matchbook romance yeah, I think he like because they had signed Matchbook, and then oh, yeah. and then Brett was like, "What yeah. are you listening to?" Right, and and then he just mentioned us to Brett, and so I think it was the combination of those two things happened like right at the same time, and then we get an email from Brett saying, "Hey, this is Brett Crowe. It's uh, I like your band. Blah blah blah. Let's chat." And we're like, "Yeah, right." Uh, <laughs> and, and so, and that's that's kind of how it began. And I I remember we were on a tour. And we came through California and – okay, this is great. This is the kind of shit – this is where, like, having a musician as the head of a label uh, is a good thing. Because he and his his now-wife, then girlfriend, came out to see us. And the only people in the – I believe the only people in the venue were Brett, his wife, Jesse's dad – and the other band, which I think one of them was called Breakup Sex, <laughs>
1: okay.
2: uh, I'm trying to think, and, and it was literally there was nobody there, yep. And it wasn't even a venue; it was a, it was it, it was, it was a PA system that somebody had brought into a ballet studio, but it was like a really shitty, like, rundown ballet studio somewhere <laughs> in somewhere around the Los Angeles area, right? But right. There was like nobody there, and we just said fuck it, and we just played a rock show to nobody, and he liked it. And he signed us anyway. So, so um, funny, but yeah, that was that was yeah that was a good. I do remember that. I remember that.
0: <laughs> well, um, I mean, you guys were an epitaph for uh, a few records. Um, mm-hmm. You know, your second record, which, by the way, produced by Mark Hoppus, that must have been pretty mm-hmm. crazy. How was working with him? It was. It was good. I'm trying. Let me see. The first one,
2: yeah, I think I was. That was when I went out I went out to LA early because I was getting too fucked up. I love this cuz it's kind of a it totally follows the um the uh uh uh, uh Jerry Stall uh Permanent Midnight. There's like a line in that book oh, in the okay. movie where he says something like I was getting too fucked up in New York. I had to go to LA for a while. Um <laughs> but that that was happening to me. I was in Minneapolis and and I just like we we're supposed to record a record and I was like just just a mess. And so I, I basically flew out to Brett's house and I just was like, he put me in like his, you know, guest room and I'd like sweat out drugs. And, um, Jesus. and then they just took me to, to AA meetings like every day.
0: Right. Well, and, I mean, Brett, Brett is a recovering, I mean, addict yeah. too. Right. So yeah, they're
2: sober. And so, yeah, they just basically between him and his wife, they took me to a meeting a day and that was my, you know, I was, I was writing songs And I was there like a month ahead of the band, just getting sober. And Brett was taking care of me. uh, He and Gina, and then and then the band came out, and then we started rehearsing. And then that's when and Mark would come to this to the studio while we rehearse and go over all the songs. And then we kind of picked the songs, and then we went in and recorded. Um, And I don't, I mean, like I just, it's foggy because I was like in a cloud, and I was slowly getting out of that cloud. And I was sober during the whole experience. But the things that I remember were like a big, like Mark didn't really fuck with the music too much. Right. And his whole thing was like, you guys, like, I like what you guys do. Uh, So I don't want to like get in the way of any of this. But one thing you could do is let the songs breathe a little more uh, by not singing like from start to finish. So that was one thing that he really tried to get us to do is have a little more instrumental bits and moments here and there. Uh, hmm. and then like the big thing I remember him doing was he married two separate songs into one and that became, uh, uh, time turned fragile, oh, wow. which was, there's like a whole outro. It kind of starts with this sort of braid ripoff drum beat that Tony <laughs> does, uh, <laughs> oh, homage, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it, like from that point on, it was a different song. And so we kind of, he was like, what if we take that thing and put it on the end of this thing? And we're like, Oh, that's cool. Um, but more so in the studio, he was well, and this was his first thing, so yeah, we I did know, two right. records with him, and the second record he was way more laid back, but this one he was very like you know, I think working with Jerry Finn, everything had to be to a grid, perfect, 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 those are the kind of records that were being made at that time, yeah. just like all just like perfect, and so we had to do things over and over and over and over and over, and he could. We had two studios going on. There was the main one. Uh we 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 recorded it. It was uh, Jeff Percaro, the drummer of Toto's Old House. Okay. Uh and there was like a little studio in the back and then we had the living room set up as like another sort of like an like a another studio or no, I'm sorry. It was a it was this like basically for cocaine use. It was like a wall-to-wall mirrored bathroom sort of like cubby hole thing. Okay. That that we like I don't know, Matt Matt and Mark like set it up, and like they Matt was doing um uh, uh percussion and uh oh God, uh other like harmonies, and I, th- I don't know if he did the harmonies there, maybe he did some of them, but they were like so Mark was going back and forth between the house and the studio, and it was like just just in the back of the house, and yeah. I remember he'd like come in, we're recording some stuff, we're listening to it back, Mark pops his head in. He's listening. He's like, "Ooh, wait, wait go back. A uh, uh, third note on the fourth rotation. That's a little flat. Do that over." And then he bounces back out. And and so like he's just his ear is super fine. Crazy, yeah, it's crazy, like, yeah, yeah. And I feel like most people, and I've told the story for ten years, but most people think of him as like the dick and fart joke, dick and fart joke kind of yeah. you know guy. Sure. But he's also super fucking brilliant, and he he knows he's just super smart. And so he's kind of. Kind of an asshole in that he's just a perfect, perfect, perfect man. Uh,
0: right. Uh, right. He know. just knows, right. like he's one of those people that's just always right. Like you know, and, he's just good. Yeah. He's just, he's just, just like he's yeah. just yeah. Now, he's now great. you're like you talk you tell me these stories and some of this shit you don't remember and you say a lot mm-hmm. of your career is foggy because you were doing so much drugs and shit. Um, um would, when you became sober, did it change the way you writ- wrote? songs did it make you feel different do you feel did you ever feel like i've never written like songs sober how was that Uh, yeah that that change
2: i it's hard to know now because it's been so long but i think at the beginning i think like i mean the second record was the first one so the second record was like half of it was written drunk half of it was written sober uh, and then <clears throat> even if it kills me was written sober and, and they were all written sober. So I started having, I think writers, I don't know if writer's block is the right word, but I feel like with, even if it kills me, the third record, we, yeah. we all just kind of got in our own way. We were like, Oh my God, we got to have something that's as good as, or better than, you know, the last record. Cause it seemed to be so huge you yeah. know, for us. So I think that, that was sort of a, a self-imposed, like, I don't know. It just, it, it was, it it was daunting. Um, and I think the thing that I found, I'm trying to find an accurate way of, of saying this, but I think when you were super fucked up and full of real feelings that aren't necessarily real, but in the moment you feel that they are real, uh, that comes out of you. Um, and then when you're sober and you realize that you don't feel that way anymore, you can't fake that. So, uh it's not I think it took me a while like now I can get now now I can sort of tap into a younger version of myself if I need to for certain songs yeah um but I think for a while there I was like uh, i'm not I'm not fucked up anymore, but I am angry and I am sad, and I am these other things, so <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. write about that and so, you know, so I think there was a lot of like if you were to listen to the, at least that second record, maybe the first one a little bit, but there's a lot of like being in your head, especially on that second record of just like, these are all my thoughts and all my feelings about everything. And and looking at it now, I'm like, I, I think at that time I thought, oh, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, that guy's kind of like a 20 a something person that just wants to put all of their feelings out. On you know just like, I don't yeah. know it's, it's it's weird like it I, I can see how people could like people my age could relate and people younger than me like I get it Um I just don't think that I could write that way anymore or well, would I want to
0: I think every record you do as a musician it's a snapshot of a time in your life mm-hmm. it's sh- at least it should be you know what I mean I think that 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 is really the only honest way to make music. You Mm -hmm. know anybody that's that's hyper self aware of that? I feel like you're almost what's the word? I mean, you're just almost like it's almost gonna be contrived. It's gonna feel Mm -hmm. contrived. You know what I mean? Because if you really know what you're going through, it's it's just it becomes too scientific, and there isn't enough feeling to it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but these like these, I mean, that's a brilliant record. I mean, their first two records, I mean, they came when they came out, both of them. I was huge a huge fan of them and not to say that as the records went along they got worse because i don't think that that's true but they did change your style mm-hmm. changed your songwriting changed what you I were trying we to say changed and that's okay yeah. but but i mean yeah it
2: was it was weird because i think that we like when josh and i started playing like our influences were fugazi and Jawbox, and then yeah. we saw we saw a band called the ultimate fake book play. Oh yeah. I love it too. But like, but I was like, Oh, that's cool. And that's where I stole the falsetto thing from. Ah, And I know that they were like trying to be cheap trick, but, (laughs) but like I, (laughs) you know, so, so it's like, we just took things from, you know, and it's like, we combined Jawbox and Fugazi with Jimmy Eat World and promise ring. And that's kind of how we feel like that first record is this weird, like angular and super poppy. So it's, and then it, and then somehow, like we thought, you know, once like we had Matt and Tony, I feel like because Submerge was just so, you know, uh, Richmond, Virginia, like mathy and cool and weird and spazzy. I think that's what we thought was going to happen. But somehow we just like suddenly it was, it was just more pop. <laughs> it just it kind of, yeah it was weird and it's like yeah. oh everybody loves Ben Folds okay let's let's do that like so it, it it yeah and it's fine like I'm not upset with how anything went it, it it's just interesting like how yeah there was weird like I do remember too like even if it kills me I remember I couldn't sing any of the songs on um, Commit This to Memory live because I'd always lose my voice if I tried to sound like the record so then when yeah. we made the record for Even If It Kills Me I sang real pretty. Uh, on purpose and then i was like oh shit you know and and then after i was like fuck i wish i would have like put some guts behind some of these songs because it could have been cool but i was just too worried about performing them live yeah
0: that's interesting yeah
2: and and then when we made my dinosaur life i just fucking went super gnarly on some of the songs and then i like never tried to sing them live that way because it didn't matter um and then you just i feel like yeah for us every sort of album was sort of a a retaliation against the last one. Not, like, on purpose. <laughs> it just was sort of yeah, like, Yeah. oh, we fucked this thing up. And, like, you know, for <laughs> when we did My Dinosaur Life, that they didn't want any... We we're, we're on Columbia, and apparently they didn't want any keyboards on that record. So they kept, like... <laughs> okay, have they heard your band? To, yeah, and <laughs> like, that's just, what? <laughs> like... It, you know, and then, so, we like, so when we went, did Go, we were just, like, let's just put all the keyboards on here. And, like, weird sounds, and I don't know. It was it's just weird. So there was no real... There was no real plan we just sort of like did uh, some things we did were just the complete opposite of what we had done before and that's kind of I guess what our band always always did
0: yeah no I mean that that's okay it's, it's funny you bring up the thing about about oh yeah you know you're in the studio and can you you know you, you said a really it's something that doesn't get talked about about how in the studio it's just different you know you have a million tries to do it you can sing something over and over again you only have to get it perfect once. Cause mm-hmm. it can be recorded and then that's, that's it. But then live is a whole nother animal. And I've always taken the approach that I just want to make. I just want to have like the sickest take the sickest part, the sickest melody. Uh, and I'm not going to worry. I'll worry about playing it live later. That's my approach. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes it works out to where whatever it is over time, you know, you, you sing it more and more and you get better and you kind of can just do it. Even if the mm-hmm. notes a little out of your range sometimes, But then at the same time, there's other times when it's like, oh, yeah, this is just never going to happen. And then those songs, we just don't play live. (laughs) And I mean, I guess, Mm -hmm. like, as your career goes on and you have more and more albums and more and more songs, like, I don't know, you guys probably recorded over 100 songs. I mean, shit, playing 30 of them or whatever you did at your last show is crazy. But that's still like 70 songs or whatever you didn't, you know, you never you didn't play. Uh, You know, maybe not 100. I don't know how many songs, 60 songs, whatever it is. I don't know. But um yeah i guess my question just is is you know yeah you you say you regret it um do you have regrets about the records now like looking back or or like uh no it's it's more just like oh
2: shit i should have done this but then i think we kind of did that on the next one i think like um fucking jonah bayer uh made me do something where i had to rate the records and i just sort of at the moment i picked one but then i was like i felt it's like you can't it's not like I can pick a whole record. It's usually like, oh, this aspect of this record I wish I could have changed or I don't like. Or like, yeah. oh, this song I voted against, but it got on the record because four other people wanted it. Or this song got didn't get on. Like for My Dinosaur Life, I had a song that had the title of the album in the song, and that song got voted off the record. Hilarious so when that like, happens, ah, I know. You know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that was, always, that, that was a bum out. I mean, it's just – Yeah, it's just weird. And then, like, I think Josh and I—I know that when we made Go, we had the three songs that weren't on the record were good songs. They just weren't—they didn't fit the mood of the rest of the songs. But we were like, we should have just put them on the record because it—it's more about just pick the best songs, not—not like a,
0: a you know.
2: So whatever. But well, the mood of the
0: record will change if you have different songs. The mood changes, and that's okay too.
2: Yeah. But it's interesting.
0: You talk about uh. Uh, vo- getting your songs like voted down or whatever. I mean, <laughs> it's your like. Aren't you the pretty much the songwriter? Like, you're writing everything. Like, isn't, no, don't you have I... a little bit of veto power? And you can kind of do what you want, or no? It's not... Well, if
2: I did, I never used it. Right. But I, 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 I like my job is words and melody, and uh, and I would you know I can't write a chorus to save my life. I usually end up with. Uh, verse A and verse B for most of my ideas and like honestly like most of my songs and my demos sound like like uh, guided by voices uh, songs but not as good um, they're just like these weird little ditties and uh, <clears throat> uh, so so yeah we always just would I mean it, it, it depends like I can listen to record you know like uh, if you picked up a, a song or a record I could go oh that started with me that started with Josh that started with Matt you know, but I mean, we all definitely, you know, whoever came with the song, sometimes it was just a ditty. It's like, yeah, it'd be me. It'd be like, here's the words and the melody and my guitar part. How do we write a song around it? Like, I wrote, right? I remember I wrote Attractive Today and LG F-U-A-D in one hour, I think,
0: or like the same day. Is that really shorter? Can't you just that. say, let's get fucked up and die? Is it really <clears throat> shorter? Yeah, I, to say the-
2: I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I what just- is this?
0: This, well, no, yeah.
1: <laughs> sorry, I well, interrupted I- you.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know why that, that – I feel like there was a there was a joke there that wasn't very funny, and it wasn't explained, and I don't think – I was I – was, for some reason, I was thinking – like, my sister – I used to live with my sister, and she would get all these catalogs, and there was one for something called L.L. Bean, which I think was, like, a clothing store or something. Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, the way it was abbreviated, I was like, ooh, let's see, L-G-F-U-A-D, like, it's some sort of – I don't know. There, there was it was like not a fully realized joke. It wasn't even a joke. It was just some <laughs> sort of thing, and then people were like, "Yeah, maybe we shouldn't like swear on the actual thing." So and so I don't know. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. You say you were writing but, those. You wrote those two songs.
2: But like real quick, and like the yeah. words and everything, they're just done. That was those were drunk songs. I was drunk, uh, and then but then when we got to the, the recording, like Josh. Josh was adamant. He's like, you got to repeat something in Attractive Today. And I was like a big fan of the Weaker Thans. I'm like, no, yeah. never repeat anything. Uh, <laughs> just like <laughs> change every chorus, the words in it. Um, but so then we ended up putting that par- that break part where it's just the guitar and me in Attractive yeah. Today yeah. repeating the first line. Uh, and so I was like, oh, yeah, it is a better song. Okay. And so as I got older, I just – before I was like, no, this is how it must be. I was very like – you know. Um, and then like with, with, L- with Let's Get Fucked Up and Die – uh, we had no, no nobody knew how to make that into a song until I think we were at Brett's house and he had a little studio and then he just built it out. And, and Tony and Matt and Brett and Josh, I think, yeah, I think everybody kind of took turns going like, what if we did this? and What if we change this? And so we sort of made it more of a, a slow crescendo into something, right. which we'd never done before. And then I think we kind of returned on each record. There's a little, well, I don't know if each record, but I know we did that with a song called last night, Kind of does a similar thing, and I don't know. There's sort of these like A B. Those are my songs where it's just like an A B A B A B
0: end because I can't fucking write a bridge and rarely write a chorus. Bridges suck. Bridges are hard, and and I don't. I I like you write a you write a verse and a chorus or whatever, and you love it, and then the bridge Mm -hmm. has to be different. And a lot of times, it just takes away from your original goal of a song. You know, yeah, and I I'm not a fan of bridges either. But hey, I mean, there are songs that have great bridges, and it makes a song. Yeah, but when you, it's <clears> either, <throat> it seems like it either makes a song or it makes a song worse.
2: Yeah, true. Yeah, because we have some horrible bridges. I'd say, I think Josh and I were talking about. this. I don't know if I should say these things, but I think uh, even if it kills me, has some pretty bad bridges in <laughs> in, in in that record. I think yeah. there's some. I think it's. I think that's the one. I forget which record it was. It was either that or My Dinosaur Life. I can't. I can't remember right now. But because I think we used to write Cool Bridges, and then we and then we just sort of started throwing them in there. But yeah. uh, What was I saying? Oh yeah. But then there's like Tom Waits. Like I'm trying. Like as as I'm working on this solo record, I'm I'm like, okay, well maybe I shouldn't overthink it. Like maybe a song can just be A B A B done, or like you know, Tom Waits just kind of plays one part over and over, but changes his melodies a little bit or adds a little extra time on this thing. This thing hangs over a little bit, huh? Like, and so I've been trying to, I guess, I guess this is a whole overall thing, but trying not to overthink anything and just let things be like, oh, this song is super fast and it changes parts. You know, there's like, two or three parts and it changes like seven times but it's only a minute and 10 seconds long
0: that's (laughs) kind of cool right okay
2: let's just this is live with it and here's a song it's four minutes but it's one part just repeating over and over okay so you've got to have really good lyrics if you want people to hang on for four minutes where nothing really changes uh and so i've been trying to just sort of live let these these ideas sort of be what they are as opposed to trying to beat them into some sort of prefabricated, like, form,
0: you know? Yeah. Uh. Is it weird uh, doing, like you say, you know, doing solo stuff, and, you know, I, for some reason, thought, you know, you you were kind of just the 100% creative uh, force with Motion City Soundtrack. Now I know that's not true. So working on the solo record where you're doing things yourself, you're not really able to bounce ideas off people, uh, is that hard for you to know? Is 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 this actually good? Yeah.
2: Well, it's hard just period uh because i don't know how drums work like i like physically don't know how to i'm just like this sounds kind of like a drum beat right um but i've been using i've been using logic and so they've got the built-in drummers which is yeah. kind of fun and yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just i'm like really terrible when it comes to technology and my demos sound like shit but i love to make them sound like uh guided by voices recordings <laughs> so so for me I, I love that i love it when shit hurts like and so from yeah uh, the hard part is writing drums, and I don't play bass like a bass player. I play bass like a guitar player. Yeah, so all my too. bass parts are like melodies, uh, <laughs> like alternate singing melodies. And yeah, but I I think like my my inspiration for I've got, I mean there's a long answer and there's a short answer. Uh, I have records worth of songs and song ideas, and I have a <laughs> I have a ten year plan, um, but. <laughs> It, it it all depends on whether or not i you know to what degree i'm able to make music and so for this first one i'm sort of harkening back to my experience uh listening to music in the early 90s as a teenage kid yeah. and and so my my influences are um like like Steve Malkmus uh pavement guided oh, yeah. by voices yeah. um a little sugar uh uh um, what the hell, uh, Frank Black, Teenager of the Year, that record. I was right. thinking of records like uh, – um, and so I'm tr- trying to – I've got a bunch of songs that I like, and they're kind of all over the place, which also like I love how Tom Waits – well, I feel like – okay, yeah, I think like Tom Waits kind of does that, but he does it with the characters more so. Right. But – and I'm not like saying I'm doing that, but I like that this song sounds like one – band, and this song sounds like a different band, and this song sounds like another band. And I think that's how I'm approaching this first thing, and hopefully when people hear it, if they like it, they'll want to come along for what's next. And I have... um, I mean, I've got some stupid ideas. I don't even know if I should say them or not. I think I'd rather just keep it to myself, but... Throw out one (laughs) stupid idea. (laughs) Well, okay, so like, you know Brian Southall? Of course. Yeah, we... (laughs) tried and failed uh we had this music project
0: that uh, I thought was i remember really cool. I, I like helped you guys out with it i like yeah didn't i sing i sing something for it or what the hell did i do well i know that you had, had some had... rollout thing oh, yeah i know brian called me and he had me do this thing i can't remember what it was now. yeah the band was called the company we keep yeah
2: and it, and and i because like brian is just he was the only person i've heard like i love electronic music and in particular like the drum and bass of the late 90s and uh, the um, the stuff that he would make it was all like trippy and would like like was like square pusher and the stuff like I was like oh my god you're doing all this weird yeah. glitchy shit that I dig and I just would immediately be able to write melodies over it and so he we were like well, let's do a band where you write the lyrics and the melodies and I'll write the music and then we'll make this happen and so he did this band called The Company We Keep and he had a singer and uh, Brendan Morgan uh, from Misery Signals was the drummer, and um, and and yeah, and it was this cool thing, and so yeah. I didn't have to play with them; I just wrote, and um, this, and so we started writing a bunch of songs, and then that that thing basically like imploded before it even began, because uh, yeah. the singer quit before right. the record came out. It's like what? Um, so, so anyway, so I was thinking, well, we have all these other songs that we didn't record, and I personally liked it when. Like the stuff we were originally doing was more like postal service, but meets like Squarepusher and yeah and Fotech and like this weird electronic like like a, uh like the late nineties bjork records right um yep. like homogenic and uh whatever, and so I was thinking like, oh maybe it'd be fun to write a solo record, but with someone you know like brian and like we've got all, we've already got like four or five songs that I know are cool. But it would be so different from this record that I'm doing now. But I also like, you know, like Beck, somebody who like everything he does is completely different. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I kind of like I like those things. So I'm just I'm still mulling about in my head what I want to do. But it would be really, you know, if I could snap my fingers and do what I want to do, it would be I would work with a lot of different people. And I would hire like, oh, I want this drummer and this guitar player and this person to play on this song. Or like, oh, fuck, I want to go meet with this guy in New York and do a big band record and hire this person to play this thing. And then, oh, I'll go record with Albini and I'll get, you know, these people (laughs) to play and we'll do like eight songs live. And then, you know, in my head, that just sounds like fun. Right. So regardless of whether, you know, I just have to have some sort of income coming in to allow me to make cool (laughs) art so as soon as i can crack that and figure out what that is um i think that would that would be my uh that would be my
0: game plan well i mean good luck with that i mean that's you know i know you said (laughs) earlier you're um you know trying to do it yourself like you know be your own be your own manager be your own label whatever and yeah that comes with a lot of work um but you'll you'll learn a lot too so,
2: yeah, I, I'm not saying I'm do I, I just don't I, I'm starting from a place where I'm just going to I'm going to fund a record right. myself and then and then I'll see what happens next. Yeah, but I'm just kind of going at it, you know, where I'm like not going to spend a ridiculous amount of money and I'm just going to be, you know, pretty uh, level headed about things and uh Yeah. But well. I just, I still, I, I feel the need to create. I have to make, I have to make stuff.
0: That's the thing. And, and that's the thing, yeah. like, you know, you, you, your band ends and I mean, it'll happen to me at some point, you know, it won't last forever. And I don't know what I'm going to do when that ever happens. But at the same time, I know I will always have to create music. I'll have to, always have to make art. And um, it's really good to talk to you and really good to hear that you're still doing that. Uh, and they just, you know, I'm, I'm sure I don't know if people know that that's what you're up to, but um, yeah, they, will know now, they, know that. they will now. They will now, and I think some people are going to be really, really stoked.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if this is a dumb idea or not, but for some reason, I, I threw my middle name into everything that I'm doing from here on out.
0: What's your? Middle I don't name? know, if
2: that Courtney. Okay. So it's Justin, Courtney, Pierre. Um, but I only, I have one, like I started like a band camp and all that shit. Right. And uh, I just had one song that I wrote for some friends of mine who have, a. Um, they put out an album every year or every couple of years, but there's a a couple women who run a, a, a site called everyone is gay. And it's basically a, it's an advice column for everyone, but it kind of focuses on teens, but um, okay. you know, uh, uh, gay lesbian queer bisexual trans youth uh and it's super it's it's amazing and they're super fucking funny and uh and they just like it's 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 wonderful it just it makes me smile it makes me cry it's it's good stuff but i wrote this song for them because they have this compilation called the gayest compilation ever made and, uh, and they put those out every once in a while yeah and uh and so that's that's currently the only song i have available for people to listen to that's not okay motion city specific um but if they find if they search Justin Courtney Pierre, I think I think they'll come up okay um, great, well, and, I mean great, yeah, oh i you know what I did just i forgot about this, I just put something out i I'm doing like a bunch of weird stuff too, so I don't know if this is if it's cool if I can just you know talk about this, please stuff, do but, uh, please do but i I've got there's a guy by the name of Andrew Reiner and he's the executive editor of Game Informer magazine. I don't know if you or any of your listeners are video game uh oh there's a lot enthusiast. of us, yes. uh but so so yeah so he basically oversees the the editing staff of game informer magazine and I've sort of become friends with him over the years and we we start we started a new project called the Raptor Twins. And <laughs> okay. uh, we I we don't really we we're just writing songs and releasing a song at a time but we just put out a song on Valentine's Day called Would You Kindly and it's It's inspired by the game Bioshock. And, (laughs) uh, yeah, so if you're familiar with that game, you you hopefully will dig it. And if you're not, it shouldn't matter at all. But if you want to check that out, the band's called the Rapture Twins. And it's definitely something... Both of us are doing on the side as we're both busy with other things. But uh, so far, so far, the nerds seem to love it. There you go. Um, I posted something on Motion City and people were split (laughs) 50-50. But I kind of expected that because it's not, you know, it's definitely not MCS. It's it's a little more
0: uh, 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 psychedelic. Anyway yeah man well yeah, hey that's,
2: that's basically it that's, that's all i've got going on right now
0: it sounds awesome it sounds like it's just you know like i said it's just great that you're still continuing with music and um it's really great catching up with you man thanks for taking yeah, the likewise. time i appreciate, yeah, thanks it, for appreciate talking it man me. yeah all so right. all right so uh yeah people can check all that stuff out and any idea when the solo record will actually come out or you have no idea
2: no uh I, you know in my head i was like well, what do i need like three months to right to, like, press vinyl and to yeah, you know set least. some things up but i i don't know i yeah. i think i need to just kind of figure out what i need to do there's like a few people in my camp in the MCS camp that i can still talk to and then kind of you know figure out what needs to be done but uh i might you know yeah i think i think i'm just gonna have to regroup in april and then sounds good ho- hopefully the record will be done in march cool well that's awesome and then
0: uh, yeah well thank you very much justin for taking the time again and um yeah i hope you enjoy the rest of your friday clean the floors meticulously the, or whatever uh, whatever you're doing yeah there you go man yeah <laughs> all, right. all right all the best cool. take care all right bye see you so there it is with justin such a great guy, one of my favorites. It was really, really great talking to him, and I'm really looking forward to hearing, you know, some of his solo stuff and seeing kind of what comes out of that crazy brain of his. Hey, uh, make sure you're subscribed. Whatever you're listening to this on, make sure you go and hit the subscribe button because next week on Monday we have an awesome episode. I've already recorded it. I won't tell you who the guest is. Um, I don't want to s- spill the beans and ruin the surprise. But it is an awesome episode and really candid and maybe my favorite to date. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you come back Monday. You check it out again. And, uh, and you know what? If you like the show, tell a friend. Uh, spread the word. Tell, a, uh, tell your brother or sister or your mom or your dad or your uncle or anybody. you know, Anybody you think could be interested in my conversation as a lead singer with another lead singer. And some of the things that come out in these conversations really are unique and um that's why i love doing this thing so much so thank you very much for listening as always i will leave you with the song as always this song is called when you're around it's my personal favorite motion city soundtrack song so here it is when you're around on lead singer syndrome we'll see you next week Peace and love.